Need more context on your favorite movie? Is Obama. Obama, As okay. Senator Obama. Ever wonder why they did or didn't do that thing or include that scene? This is prime. Like, this is, this is quality entertainment. Check out Gutsy Media Podcast as my friends and I take a deep dive into everything from blockbusters to indie films. The weakest apple cider bitch beers. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. That's Gutsy Media Podcast for everything movies. The following is a DFAT Entertainment Podcast, recorded and edited by Jake Duell. And defend the Constitution of the United States. The world is very different now. For man holds in his mortal hands the power to abolish all forms of human poverty and all forms of human life. Let both sides explore what problems unite us instead of belaboring those problems which divide us. We dare not forget today that we are the heirs of that first revolution. Ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Aaron, welcome back to the podcast, The Tavern. We opened up the doors, we've had to brush off some dust from our time off, and now it's time to grab a drink and talk some absolutely crazy politics again. Oh, I'm so glad to be back. Who would have thought that when we started on this crazy journey uh, just about a year ago that uh, it would have gone off the rails as spectacularly as it did? Oh, and the rails just keep falling off. Like, And we're just going to take the podcast to new heights this year. We've joined a podcast network and I don't know. We got to talk about all the crazy things that have happened since the last time we talked big things in store we're going to grow our listeners to to our uh, our four um you know dedicated listeners we appreciate you we love you we're reaching new heights this year our goal is to get to eight listeners i don't want to overreach maybe maybe we'll just settle for six or seven but uh big things big things jake i agree but you know what i i'm looking at this drink that we have here uh yes and, you know, after some discussion, we've decided to make cream cream ale a real thing. Uh, cream cream ale. So Double the cream. Just being, as disappointing. Uh, being from Rochester, <laughs> we both got ourselves a nice uh, cans of Jenny cream ale. And uh, we're going to pop those and then make some cream cream ale. So if you're playing the like college, the uh, oh, yeah the bull and moose tavern drinking game at home what we have decided a cream cream ale is is actually a cream ale bomb so first you're going to take your delicious uh jenny cream ale premium quality and then you're going to get yourself a little shot of bailey's cream so i'm going to be honest with you i did not want to go buy bailey's cream because i had this black button bourbon cream so uh i'm gonna use that gonna in mine fancy. yeah okay and then are we dropping the shot in and then chugging or how are we doing this i mean i poured my shot in but we can chug this if you want to i think i think we have to it's that type of year all right let's do this Good. yep
I don't think I can get through all of it. It's harder than I thought it would be. Oh, it's so hard. Luckily, it's not curdling like a car bomb. <laughs> oh, I'm almost done. Okay. Oh. Ooh. Well, that's a good way to kick off this season. It was rougher than I expected it to be. Yep. Now on to, you know, regular drinks. Oh, give us a moment. Okay, hopefully you uh, played along with us. Otherwise, it's just an awkward couple of minute or so of uh, gurgling noises and drinking sounds. Yeah, I think next time we should just do straight up Irish car bombs. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Well, that is basically going to be the metaphor uh, for this year and everything we're discussing. Something that is marginally tolerable, um, made worse by something that on its own could be good. Okay. I'm actually just drinking a straight up cream ale now. I, so am I. That's what I'm going to do. This is the chaser and... Uh, Are yours tall boys? Yeah, that's all I had. Oh, okay. So if you're new to the podcast, you don't know. Um, I always have a hard time finding the alcohol that we are supposed to be drinking. Wait, before this, usually it's because I pick something obscure. You picked the drink this time. Yes. Um, this is just how the universe has decided that this is going to work. Yes, I have Jenny Cremale Tallboys because uh, that's all I could find. Something I thought would be super simple to find in Rochester, New York, took me to four stores. Um, my, uh, I was very disappointed and let down because my magical, fantastical gas station did not have them. Um, not for lack of trying, they just ran out. Um, they did inform me that they had uh, Jenny Black. Ooh. Uh, no. No. That's not, you can't make a cream cream ale out of Jenny Black. So that, uh, that did not work out. Um, but the journey ended up culminating at a tops, not my regular tops, mind you, a, uh, a different tops, um, which always is how a horror movie, uh, begins or ends depending on it. Um, Going through all of the different beer sections, finally ending up at the non-alcoholic beer. And sure enough, there were two six-packs of Jenny Cream Ale Tallboys sitting there. So, weird and obscure, but I found it. I, I would say I had a difficult time finding it this time, too. Not as hard as you. I did only take one store. But uh, I went to the Wegmans in Pittsburgh, and I made the mistake of going at 10 a.m. on a Friday and actually needing <laughs> some groceries, too. And I get over to the beer section, and I'm like, I've seen cases upon cases of cream ale here. This is not going to be a hard thing to find. And I'm going around the beer section, and I find the Jenny display, and it's got Jenny Rag, Jenny Light, uh, the 12 Horses, uh, the Bach, and everything. And I'm like, oh, excuse me. There's no cream ale here? This is weird. 
So I go get a couple more things, and then I'm like, let's go back to the beer section. I must have just missed it. Still not finding it. And I'm like, I doubt it's in the cooler. I very much doubt it's in the cooler. But I'm going to go in there, because if it's not in the cooler, I'm going to have to go to another store, and this is going to become an adventure uh, to find this. And lo and behold, two cases of 12 packs in the cooler, and they had multiple cases of 24 packs in the cooler. (laughs) I was not going to get a 24 pack of cream ale. No. Um, It's going to take me a while to drink 12 as it is. Uh, So I got one of the 12 packs and it's been in my garage since it's 17 degrees (laughs) out since I got home. No reason to take up room in the fridge. My uh, fridge in the garage is actually uh feels warmer than the garage every time i open it so uh it's probably confused because i'm confused but uh that that's just you know the world we live in now so when we left off the election had happened and it was we basically ended on did we ended on election results right i think georgia was decided when we or did we end before the election? I don't think we ended before the election. I think the election had happened. Oh. I don't remember. Well, I don't remember. It feels like it was a lifetime ago. The election craziness, the fact Georgia didn't get decided till way later. Um, Biden won. Then there was a runoff election in Georgia for Senate seats. And the Democrats technically took the Senate majority by having... 48 Democratic senators, two independents that sided with them, and then uh, Harris to be the tiebreaker vote to give Schumer the majority leader. Uh, the But they're still sharing power. Yes. The Democrats lost seats in the House, but kept their majority, though I saw one election was just decided last week in, in New York. New York. Yep. Like there was one election, and I think it came down to like a hundred and 56 votes yeah or so they're so what is their lead in this in the house now is it five seats it's not six i mean it's it's basically it's statistically it's a it's a split house as well i think it's enough where they have uh i they had a 19 seat lead and i think it's only like a 10 seat lead now or something you know we have the internet we can we find do and out. and you know, there are times where we should be doing research, but, you know, yeah, we like to is... fly by the seat of our pants. This is how this is. This is a political podcast for the unencumbered mind, political mind, um, where we sort of just babble on and we don't. Uh, Jake, does, let me, I will I will give credit where credit is due. Jake does research. Jake uh, discusses from a point of uh philosophical education and uh informational backing i uh fly by the seat of my pants uh bullshit my way through it and uh use my years of skills at uh, being able to craft an argument from completely thin air um to uh make this enjoyable um for for those listeners that are tuning in for the first time or uh, for longtime listeners that need a little bit of a refresher, uh, typically our podcast does not cover current events. 
Yeah, it's However, only the first episode of the season usually that we cover current events. Yes, that will be the new trend, seeing as we decided to do this podcast. We thought it would be fun. This is basically a spinoff of Jake's other uh, podcast. And uh, we thought, you know what? Why not? Let's do a political podcast. And then George Floyd happened. And yeah. we went, well, we had a topic in mind, but I think we need to discuss what's currently going on. Then we quickly quickly got off current politics and went to political philosophy is what I'm going to call it while sprinkling in a little bit of current events, but that's not the main topic. But when we decided to come back from our, our slight hiatus and uh, start season two, we realized, Holy fuck. It went, it kicked off again. We need to just address everything that's happened in the last couple months and then uh, the next podcast, we'll get to our regularly scheduled program of picking an obscure topic that uh, you've never really thought about, never really cared to learn more about. And that'll be fun. Yeah, uh, I was right. It's 10 seats, 211 Republicans, 221 Democrats, three vacancies. That's like nothing. Uh, we've got a Republican who died on 1229 before taking the oath of office. I believe he's the one who died of COVID after having the party to celebrate his win where he caught COVID. Um, there is a Democrat who resigned on 115. I'm not sure why. And then there was another de uh, Republican who died just five days ago uh, from Texas. Oh, my gosh. So there are currently three vacancies to fill. It's still a really, really close. Yeah, it's real tight. It's, yeah, it's a tight margin there. Yeah. Um, so the election happened then. Yeah. Do we want to just just go over like a timeline and then we can discuss what we want to discuss and go, oh, fuck no to the things we don't want to discuss? Yeah, uh, I mean, so the timeline, the election happened. Yeah. Uh, and nothing was decided on election day. And I think by, if I remember back, by Friday, they are pretty much calling it for Joe. Because I think uh, he was projected to win Pennsylvania at that point, And Arizona and Georgia was still up in the air. But I think by that point, we're down to a few states that weren't decided Alaska being one of those, even though Trump had some insane lead in Alaska, I don't know why they didn't just call Alaska. No, yeah, like they're a, like just that's just the media's bullshit around, you know, not wanting to give certain like everyone knew Alaska was going to go the way it did. And yet, oh, no, we got to hold out because that that one caribou in, uh, you know, the upper 48, you know, didn't. uh you know, hasn't uh, brought in the ballot yet. We know how Alaska's going to vote, okay? Seriously. Yeah. Fuck off. So then I think it wasn't much longer after that, and we got uh, Georgia decided, and Biden was the nominee by the books. Well, not even by the books, because the Electoral College hadn't met. Right. By by the state certification. Um well, basically by the media count. Yes. Uh, and what was normal procedure at that point, 
the office of something something would start the transition team refused to do it because trump refused to acknowledge that he lost then well he we, refused to concede yes he did that so that's the biggest we're gonna i'm gonna stop there we're gonna just discuss one of the uh probably one of the most obnoxious things about the united states whole uh election um because of how the constitution is written the incoming president well basically you can't declare someone's president until every single vote has been counted which is impossible to do it within the time frame the constitution says you need to have a new president which is why states then just certify their votes and the electoral college votes based on the certification but the problem is those dates are set in stone so for the sake of expediency normally the person that loses just concedes because trump. it's it's bureaucratic you know red tape trump didn't concede if anybody thought trump was going to concede they haven't been paying attention the last four years maybe there could have been a way that he could pull it out and reverse it. Maybe most likely not. That's not really how it works. Wait, you mean the guy who indirectly said he would not acknowledge a legitimate election if he lost, uh, refused to concede. Now he did not use those exact words. He indirectly said that, but, uh, so then it gets to December and every state certified again at this point, a, in the past, people would normally concede and the transition would start. Uh, and he still refused to concede. So finally, the Electoral College met on uh, January 6th to cast, or sorry, not even the Electoral College. The vote certification happened on January 6th. And I guess we'll have to spend some time talking about January 6th and how all hell broke loose on that day. Um, I, I'm trying. I'm gonna, to let, I'm gonna of, let you. I'm gonna let you start this off. Oh. I want. I want to see where you go with January sixth, and then. Um, well, before we get into January sixth, I'm gonna give our listeners a refresher of uh, of where Jake and I stand, which will become clearly obvious within the next five minutes. But yeah. uh, uh, we are both moderates. Let me put it this way. Before we started paying attention to politics, doing this podcast, we were both much more moderate than we are now. Uh, we are still, by most accounts, a pretty dead center. Jake leans to the left a little bit more than he did a year ago. Uh, I lean ever so daintily to the right. Maybe a little bit more than I did a year ago. Um, but Above all else, uh, we are decent human beings who understand that if you can't have a reasonable discussion with someone who has a different political view than you, uh, society doesn't really have a place for you because, uh, you know, discussion is what is the framework of our society. So even though we disagree we on some things, most of the time we do agree, though. Which is the beauty of it all. Yeah, and I think later in the podcast, as we cover more of the <laughs> events, we will agree. But this might be a place that 
we might disagree. Um, We're probably going to disagree on semantics, but agree on sentiment. Yes. Uh, so I remember uh, the sixth was a Wednesday and uh, they were doing the boring vote shit. And, uh, you know, I was watching it and Ted Cruz stood up to uh, not allow Arizona to be certified and got a rounding applause from, you know, his. Well, Holly, uh, Holly was the one that started it, right? Holly started it, but the Arizona vote, Ted Cruz was the senator that co-signed the blah, blah, blah for not acknowledging the vote. And he got a rounding applause. Real quick, before I talk about the six, those events really have given me pause on how we can, how a senator can stop a state certification like that. I think that's completely unfair when we talk about state rights. I think a senator should be able to say, hey, I don't agree with the state, but then it goes to a vote of just that state, all the people in the House and all the people of the Senate from that state to say, no, we certify this or let's have open discussion because it's that state's right. And if they certified it and their Congress people agree to it, why is another state allowed to be like, I don't like that state and the way they voted for a candidate that I don't like. So it's an interesting point. Before we get to that point, I just want to point out that uh, what happened with Cruz and Holly isn't something new. And it happened in 2016, and it also happened in 2000, but it was Democrats that were doing it against a Republican candidate, so we never actually heard about it. But it also didn't get nearly as much support as from fringe groups as this one did. Yeah, so, and it was... again, it's nothing new, but it's just the climate in which we're in caused it to go from just what's usually an obnoxious little blip to... Uh, the level of Tom fuckery that this ended up becoming. But to go to your point of, I mean, I 100% agree with you. It's you're 100% spitting in the face of a state's rights. I mean, especially, you know, you take it to a different level, you know, you can base, I mean, we're, we're a collection of 50 states. Okay. And there are states that are significantly larger than others. I mean, we've talked about it before when we were talking about the Electoral College. Uh, California and New York alone um, give the Democrats a 30% head start when it comes to the Electoral College just off the bat. I mean, you take a state of that size with that population. I mean, Texas, the same thing, just, to, you know, just as large, just as many people intimidating essentially a state you know that has as many people as a city in one of those states gives me pause and i think the biggest issue is we have no recourse for there is no real recourse for a i mean basically a discussion of a state's uh vote no, I mean, I mean, because I mean, right now it's basically, you know, it, to your point, if a senator and a congressman from one state don't like how a swing state voted because they voted against their candidate, 
they can throw the entire, you know, that entire state's votes out just because, you know, they can find some nitpicked, uh, you know, you know, bullshit loophole. Yeah. Um, yeah. So to go back to the sixth. Uh, so I go into therapy. The votes going on as normal. I come out of therapy and literally all, all hell has broken loose. I look at my cell phone and I've got texts from other friends that are like, oh, my God, are you watching what's happening at the Capitol? And I'm like, them certifying the vote. That's like it wasn't that exciting. And I look it up and. Uh, OK. Um, bad actors combined with grifters and um pure pressure caused a i'm going to use the word terror attack to take place on the capitol and i use that word because they murdered a cop stole from the capitol brought the confederate flag a rebel flag into the capitol and luckily they did not explode but planted bombs on both the Republican and Democratic uh, offices, office buildings. Um, Though it may not have been everyone who stormed the Capitol's intention to do a terror attack, that was a terror attack on the Capitol to try to stop the vote so that Donald Trump could maintain his presidency because they did not agree that Joe Biden won. Okay, so <laughs> now I'm going to jump in. First off, I wholeheartedly disagree that you can classify this as a terror attack. There are shitty elements of it, but the reason why I would never use that harsh of language is because of all the shit we went through over the summer and how that was downplayed. And first off, because I lean to the right, I have to clarify all of my positions. I in no way condone anything that happened on the 6th. I think it was disgusting. It was deplorable. Everything that went down was bullshit. Okay? None of it was okay. However, first off, the pipe bombs. The pipe bombs were planted the day before. They were not planted during the attack. There is there a link to the people that stormed the Capitol and the pipe bombs? Possibly, but we don't really have any evidence one way or the other. I think you can say they're tangentially coordinated, but I think you have to take the pipe bombs out of it and consider that a different a different event. Those were terroristic acts. I mean, that's causing harm, but if you actually know DC and how it's laid out, the pipe bombs were planted uh, probably one to two blocks away from the Capitol because that's where the, the headquarters are. So that while the Capitol storming might have been used as a distraction for them to try and get the pipe bombs off. I don't think it was, I don't think it's related. I think it's basically an opportunist that used one, event to you know try to pull off another and thankfully um capitol police or dc metro whoever did that 
did their job properly and was able to find them, disarm them, and get rid of them. Um, the cop that was murdered was tragic. The four other individuals that died um, there were protesters, and it's just a combination of mob mentality and sheer stupidity that led to all of that. I think a small group of people instigated and created destruction and then the rest of the people that were there were too stupid or too caught up in the bullshit that's been floating for the last year with uh, conspiracy theories and all of this and they got sucked into basically doing what they did I don't consider it a terrorist attack. I consider it a really, really bad, shitty riot. But basically why I will draw the line there is if we're not going to consider people breaking into a federal building and setting a police station on fire, a terrorist attack, then we don't get to consider this a terrorist attack just because it happened to the Capitol building. And yes, items were stolen. Um, but some of them are comical, like the podium from Nancy Pelosi. Like, uh, like honestly, yeah. Oh, so they they stole the bust of Thomas Jefferson. Like, we got it back. I mean, these fucking people are taking pictures. And side note, maybe we can, maybe this is a different discussion for another time, but or not. The Confederate flag that we call it. Is not is, the Confederate flag. Is not the Confederate flag, and it's not a rebel flag. We can go into the history of it, the quick history. And I, I hold on. I get how it has been perceived now. Things change. A swastika used to be a Tibetan good luck charm. Buddhists still use it. They're allowed to. Anybody else, you tattoo that on your face, we're going to give, you know, pause for concern. The Confederate flag's origins were meant to be unifying and healing, and then it got co-opted by certain people, and there's a, a lot of back and forth, and it doesn't necessarily mean what a lot of people think it means. And Look, I think the biggest issue with where we are and the way the place in which America is right now is there is a complete lack of communication between the two sides and it's one side has a belief about something and the other side interprets their belief in the opposite way and no side is explaining their position to the other they're just saying you're wrong all right so i had to take a good hard look at myself and my politics after the sixth because this really was a changing event for me. And I'm going to have two points that might sound counterproductive to each other. First of all, to me, motive is a big part of determining if I considered this a terrorist attack. With that said, I don't consider most of what happened during the protest over the summer terrorist attacks. I consider them 
marches that got out of control had bad actors, things like that. But I've thought back on it, and I think burning down a police station was a terrorist attack that that had motive of causing fear. Um, there were a couple other things that in the event could have been terroristic in that. I think the motive of a lot of these marchers was to overturn the results of the election and keep Trump president. And I think that motive to me is what makes it a terrorist attack. You were trying to overturn the legal law of the land, the Constitution of the United States, to prop up your strong man that you think is the manliest man that ever existed. Um, so that but here's I the think... thing: in at which point does a does an out of control protest? get classified as terrorism i mean because that comes the motivation is the same between a protest that turns into a riot that turns into you know theoretically terrorism because the i mean okay so let's say let's say the sixth happened but no one died no pipe bombs existed and all that happened was they pushed past the guards, they made their way into the rotunda, and they all just sat in the rotunda and chanted uh, four more years. Not a terrorist attack. I think it's a mix of motive and action. To me, the pipe bombs still play a role. I think that shows premeditated action on some of these actors' parts. I think them beating a cop to death. A cop, mind you, that was on QAnon boards was one of their supporters. They beat to death because he was doing his job and protecting Congress people. Um, if they had somehow broken past the barricade and peacefully sat down in the rotunda shouting four more years, it would have been a dumb Riot. I don't even know if I would have considered that a riot. I mean, the fact that they broke past the cop barriers, maybe I would have considered that a riot. But it would have been some sort of dumb march. But I think it's a mix of there was premeditative action in some of the group, and then their actions took it to a terrorist attack, in my opinion. I will say this as a way to maybe bridge and come together. Um... In the veil of history, what happened on the 6th is nothing new. Shit like this has happened, especially in the U.S., before. And in the past, and what we learned in our history books, is it always gets the designation of a rebellion. Would you, would you consider it more of a rebellion? And rebellion doesn't, you know, people always think of rebellions as good most rebellions aren't good true would you would you concede to classify it more as a uh a rebellion than a terrorist attack maybe um 
sadly, if I clarified it as a rebellion, I think they might actually get stricter punishments because I think rebelling against the United States is actually a stricter crime on the <laughs> books than committing terrorism against the United States. Um, but yeah, it could be a rebellion. It was, uh, it was Hitler's first rebellion. It was the beer hall putsch. It was, well, it wasn't even that intense. It was a stupid beer hall putsch. Right. It's what, what do they call the, what do they call it in 2000 when, um, they stormed that building in Florida when they were doing the recount? Oh, I was don't it even like remember. the, like the like the Polo Rebellion or something? Because that a bunch sounds of, right. Yeah, a bunch it's... of vineyard vine wearing, you know, uh, boat shoe wearing fucktwats. Um, which just just let people, the Chad, the hanging Chads. Yes, the hanging Chads. Probably the Chad Rebellion, worst name ever. Um, okay, well, I mean, so here's the thing, and and here's. Here's where, like, conspiracy theorists will go nuts on this. Personally, in my opinion, the rebellion that took place, the insurrection that took place on, on the 6th, the, the idiots that stormed the Capitol and broke past the guards, literally accomplished the opposite of what they claimed they were doing. Because here's the thing. The Senate was set... To discuss the house was set to discuss you had you had a surprising number of senators and congressmen on board with the challenging of the election and the second they broke through and started causing a ruckus is when everything shut down they shut down the senate they shut down congress and then everybody except the you know the four original senators who supported it were like, oh, nope, 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 yeah. nope, I'm done, I'm done. And literally, overnight, it was, you went from the possibility of having a discussion and a serious chance for Trump to stay in power and have these states have their electoral votes thrown out to almost guaranteed that Biden would be in. So a conspiracy theorist is going to say that is proof that it was the left that infiltrated and just purchased all of their MAGA gear. No, they were just that stupid. Yeah. I mean, the Q shaman was there, um, but yeah, it had the, complete... I don't, I, I, I know the Q shaman guy. Uh, I've seen those pictures. I don't know him personally. I just mean like, I know what you're talking <laughs> about and I still find it hard to fucking believe that, that guy is a conservative. I mean, who the fuck goes to jail and then goes on hunger strike because they don't have organic food. It's a fucking jail. What'd you expect? Okay. Let me finish your point and then we'll talk about the Q shaman for a second. <laughs> uh, yeah, it had the complete opposite results that they wanted. The, there were senators willing to uh, contest multiple states' elections. They debated the Arizona election once the Congress reconvened. And there were no other um, arguments after that certified for joe biden um that was the end of the six they what they set out to do failed miserably and had the opposite results uh as for the q shaman uh there is a branch of the republican party that is now associated with QAnon. um i think what nancy pelosi and the dnc is doing 
trying to make the Republican Party QAnon and like Nancy's sassy letter saying that Kevin McCarthy's from the Q party. Oh God. Is Written the... like a fucking 14 year old. You're supposed it, to be it is supposed to be the speaker of the house and she acts like a fuckwit from middle school. Stupidest thing, lack of understanding about what Q actually is and the damage she's actually doing by doing this stuff. And the DNC too, because the DNC is trying I guess the whole thing around 2022 is to try to conflate the GOP and Q to be one thing. Right. Because that's the, worked out so well in history. Yeah. The QAnon shaman is a Q member, which for some reason believes that Donald Trump is a savior to save them from secret underground child sex predators. There's a lot going on with Q. We could devote an entire conspiracy podcast to Q. Oh, we could. Um, I listened uh, but, to a podcast that every single episode is about QAnon. Um, so let's make that split that he, the QAnon shaman was there because of Q, not because of conservatives. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would, I would say that the, um, the, the uh, capital, rebellion is what i'm going to call it right now for now until i come up with a better term or use insurrection um uh was led by q idiots and people who are easily duped by online conspiracy theories yeah the uh, my pillow guys uh, fans <laughs> it's uh, it's not a bad pillow <laughs> <laughs> no that, that lightning pillow I got from you that's always cold is absolutely amazing. That is a good pillow. Yes. Um, so what happened after the 6th? Uh, D.C. quickly became a military-occupied zone. Um, Which one is... One that I'm not sure is cleared yet. Nope, it's still... It's still, uh, it's still a militarized zone. Um, more militarized than some war zones. Um it, but it, it's all for theater because uh, most of the National Guard that are marching around uh, D.C., uh, one, uh, the ones that have uh, rifles don't actually, the rifles don't have magazines in them, and the soldiers don't have actually any ammunition on them. So I will say I agreed with the initial response of the National Guard and I think it's gone on far too long and too intensely. And I think the fact that Congress is considering pretty much a new Patriot Act because of it is a scary place that more of our freedoms could get oppressed from. Right. In my opinion, the fact that Congress hasn't, is still holding on to this militarized D.C. and is considering another Patriot Act just fuels the fire to the fact that to the fact that people that say that the six was planned and orchestrated and all designed. I mean, look, the, sh the overreaction from the U S government after nine 11 is what led to everybody saying that nine 11 was an inside job and nine 11 truthers and see the government set it up just so that they could do X, Y, and Z. You overreact like this because you're a bunch of petty little bitches and lo and behold, you're going to create a whole new crop of truthers. And I mean, the, I think 
the reaction that Congress did after the six was completely overblown and um, without merit 100%. And the main reason is if you were really that concerned, you would have mobilized the National Guard before the six. Because, I mean, the FBI came out and said that they had intel that the six was going to happen the way it happened weeks leading up to it. I mean, any any idiot with a social media account knew that there was going to be enough people and enough QAnon and enough just batshit people um, who, in support of Trump, were going to be there that maybe six Capitol police officers, you know, against, you know, 600 wasn't going to work out so well. Funny enough, those metal barricades aren't that heavy. They're made out of basically fucking aluminum. You can pick them up and move them. That's true. Uh, I, I personally think the initial response was justified. I think it's carried on too long. And I think if the area is not demilitarized after the end of this impeachment trial, we will not see the demilitarization of D.C. I think this is going to be permanent if it does not demilitarize soon. Remember, kids, income tax was always supposed to be temporary. So I think that. Um, And then so after that, uh, Trump was impeached again. The Senate refused to vote on it. Biden was inaugurated. It was a pretty boring inauguration with an amazing poem during it. But outside of that, pretty boring with some really random musical guests, including Garth Brooks, to show unity. Uh, Unity. I'm doing air quotes for those not watching. Trump didn't show up. Pence did. And then everyone drove off into the sunset, and then we got the Biden administration. So I think we got some stuff to talk about during the Biden administration. You want to talk about impeachment first so we can get that steaming pile of bullshit out of the way? Oh, I was going to leave that till the end, but I guess we can All have right. our other topic that we probably won't fully agree on and discuss impeachment. So I mean, we can save it to the end if you want to get through the no. steaming pile of uh, putrid that has been the the hypocrisy of the Biden administration so far. So how about this? <laughs> I wanted to bring up two uh, more state based political things. Okay. Then let's talk about impeachment, and then we can talk about the Biden administration to take us out for the day. I like that. So right. for for uh, new listeners, I'm you know I, I'm always optimistic. I'm talking to you know the listeners I want, not the three that we have, because I know I said four at the beginning, but I'm pretty sure I lost one of them because they want to cancel me. Um, but uh, for those. You know, new listeners who are deciding whether to stick with us. Uh, Jake's the structured one that keeps us organized and on track and makes sure that it's not just a uh, random shit show of a podcast. So, Jake, take us away with some structure. All right. So I wanted to talk about two interesting state and local politics thing. Uh, maybe three, because there might be another topic that I want to get you fired up on and just kind of discuss. <laughs> so first of all, have you heard about these corporate cities in, New- uh, in Nevada? I have heard about it, but I know nothing about it. All right. So Nevada. I, I heard that like 
there was talk that corporations could form a government. And I didn't understand <laughs> what that meant. And I just went, well, this should be interesting. Yes. Yeah, so Nevada's proposing a law to create these innovation zones to like um, encourage companies to move there. And they'd pretty much give them a plot of land and say, you have control over this plot of land. You can form the government, the municipalities, everything. You won't really be a city. You'll, you'll be Google's campus or something in Nevada. Uh, holy crap, is this a horrible idea? Uh, did we not learn from the 1920s when we had coal cities where, like, your house was determined on your job, you lose your job, you lose your house. Workers' rebellions because the governments in these corporate towns were so bad. How can Nevada be thinking about this? Uh, because people don't actually pay attention in history class anymore, and uh, they're just fucking idiots? Yeah, I just, I, that's, like, like, it's insane. It's insane the level, like, we currently exist in a society where the left congruently wants individual freedoms and and rights and the ability for everyone to be taken care of and then simultaneously believes that corporations are our savior. How, how did the left become the party of corporate America. Like, what bizarre world did I step into and uh, end up here? Oh, you've never had a Zuckerberg blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> what, it's just sort of dry and uh, way too much eye contact? No, because of his robotic programming, it's the best blowjob you'll ever have. Uh, he can convince you to do anything <laughs> while sucking you off. Uh, he talks out of the speaker in the back of his head. Um, oh, oh. Yeah, no, this is, like, super this is, scary. This is, this is going to require another tall boy cream ale. Hold on. <laughs> uh, there we go. It would literally give corporations the ability to form their own governments in these corporate towns. I got one worse. It's going to give corporations the ability to form their own military within these towns because they're going to have to have a police force. And as we've discussed on this podcast before one of our mutual uh, agreed uh, sticking points is the militarization of police and uh, imagine giving Google the ability not Google because uh, let's with all the shit that's happened over the last six months let's go with Twitter imagine giving Twitter the ability to have armed guards and people that could just roam through town arresting and shooting people like you thought Twitter censorship was bad before Imagine when they can show up and uh, arrest you for a Twitter law. It, it, it has the makings of idiocracy meets RoboCop. Because, <laughs> like, you get a few QAnon followers in that corporate town, you start to get the idiocracy, you get the corporation military, you get RoboCop. You know, it's going to be a full-on warriors by the end of the year. Um it's just a horrible idea. Corporations should never be able to form their own governments. We already give our uh, rights too much to Google. I'm sorry, Google, I say into my phone um, <laughs> as they listen to us. Um, yeah. This I mean, it just, it just reminds me of the Simpsons episode where uh, 
welcome welcome what is it welcome to uh zanzibir oh nope sorry uh pepsi presents <laughs> zanzibir yeah it, it's it's a bad idea something that could be a full episode if it comes out more and uh you know if this moves forward we can do the research and i'd like to do a full comparison to uh corporate towns of the 1920s and some of the like workers revolts that broke out in that where like corporations were literally hiring pmcs to come in and kill workers who were rebelling and there were full-on like Right. wars taking places in towns we've in been the united through, states we've been through this before just because it's a tech company not a coal company doesn't make it any difference like that's that's the fallacy of like generations i'm not gonna say generations today because it just keeps happening because people as a collective species are fucking dumb and it's it's like yeah, well, no, no, it's different because these aren't big, bad coal companies. These are high tech, you know, innovative, you know, social media tech companies. You know, they're they wouldn't stoop to that level. Yeah. You don't understand that in the 20s, that's what a coal company was. OK, that's what people saw. it. That's what those corporations that did it before were seen as like the innovative. You didn't have computers back then. So coal was like, holy shit. You mean I don't need four horses to go that fast? It runs on steam power by coal. But these ones say, I'm sorry, dude, before shooting you in the head. Right. <laughs> <laughs> ha hashtag sorry. Hashtag sorry. <laughs> um, all right. So the other one is, have you heard about San Francisco's naming, renaming thing that's happening? Uh, I I've feel like I've this... heard of a number of renaming things, so I don't know specifically where they were. So jog my memory, Jake. So San Francisco has voted to remove uh, like a 44 uh, public school names. Uh, due to their relationship to slavery. Uh, and I think it's a little too intense uh, what they're doing. Um, you know, I understand renaming Robert E. Lee High School. They're talking about George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, and Diane Feinstein. Oh, yeah. Well, that's just... <laughs> that's this woke cancel culture has just been... It, it's we it's any perceived uh slight against anybody has got to be removed so i will tell you as a left-leaning person i don't like diane feinstein i think she has alzheimer's and should resign from congress and i think it's been proven time and time again and that she is a Democrat in name only because she is such an old Democrat. She's pretty much a Republican at this point. Uh, um, well, that's not fair. That's about like 70% of Congress on both sides <laughs> that could, is could fall under that description. Just change Democrat in name only to Republican in name only. And yeah, term yeah. limits, term limits, uh, term limits. Uh, but apparently she's getting removed because... When she was mayor of San Francisco, they used to fly the Confederate flag at City Hall under the American flag. Someone tore it down and she replaced it. And then it got torn down again and she didn't replace it the second time. What? Hold on. 
Why was San Francisco flying the Confederate flag? Can I remind you that California voted Ronald Reagan in as governor at this time and was not yeah, the brilliant. liberal bastion that it is nowadays? Brilliant decision. Great, great decision. Ronald Reagan, one of the best presidents we've ever had. I, I don't know why you go there with that. That has I, nothing I'm to do with the Confederate flag. I'm trying to point out the fact that they aren't the liberal bastion they now are. And I get that. It still doesn't coincide with the confederate I, flag i don't fully know it's um, not, they didn't even exist back like that's not that's <laughs> point being i think this is i think there's a bad thing happening where we're viewing history through today's lens and saying well why didn't they realize this is bad and you know it's like Right, it's look. Well, it's looking at the past through the lens of today and going, how how could they be so stupid? And like, my problem with that, and it sounds like not to jump on you um, or jump over you, um, but it my my biggest problem with that whole thing is it's not fair to judge history based off of the information you have today. Um, the biggest, the biggest place that happens in is medicine, because as medicine progresses and as we learn more, we look back and go, "Oh dear God, why did we do that?" George Washington passed away because he got sick, and at the time, one of the um, prescribed treatments for getting a cold was bloodletting. <laughs> which meant George Washington had the sniffles and they sliced into his arm and drained blood because they wanted to get the bad blood out. Now, the idea behind bloodletting is somewhat medically sound. The problem is if you drain two thirds of someone's blood, they're going to die. <clears throat> so we look back and we go, that was fucking barbaric. How could you be so stupid? Well, when I thought germs were caused by the devil, this made sense. Like, yeah, you can't judge the past through the lens of the present. Yeah, and you know, I don't want to draw false equivalencies in talking about this, but it makes me think of like, well, what if there was a group that said we should tear down the pyramids because they were built by Jewish slaves and they're a representation of slave uh, slavery for Jewish people like it, there's a history and you should acknowledge that history but you can still recognize the achievements of people and I saw a post recently on Twitter that was like talking about how people were of their time and how in 1800 some colony freed all their slaves and then in 1820 another colony freed all their slaves and how america didn't do it till 1860 and i'm like what you gotta realize is those were the people that started this movement movements especially back then when the internet didn't exist didn't just spread like wildfire it took 60 70 years for that movement to spread across it so in most of those, in most of those countries, the most of those places that did it were 
the people rising up and rebelling against the oppressors. America is still the only country that fought a civil war to end slavery. Like it wasn't the oppressed rebelling, rising up and overthrowing the slave masters. This was people who were not directly involved in it going, this shit isn't right. And fighting, you know, what was supposed to be their countrymen for it. I mean, we have always had a different mentality in this country just because of how it was founded. Um, yeah, we fucked over the Native Americans. That was kind of bullshit. But our underlying principles still set us apart and we forget the culture behind what started this entire country that led us to where we are. Yeah. It's, I understand where the problematic side comes from, but I think there's a huge difference in having a school named after George Washington than Robert E. Lee. The, uh, Diane Feinstein versus Jefferson Davis High School. Like, um, I think San Francisco is taking this too far. Maybe. I also I don't know if schools need to be named after historical figures. All my schools were named after uh, some principal or superintendent of the district that was, right. you know, very big. And then even in college, it was like whoever gave the most money to build this building got their name slapped onto it. Uh, so that was the other local topic. So, well, I want to jump off of that okay. uh, just real quick, because the um, taking it too far in terms of uh, wokeism, I would like to real quick because this happened within the time frame, so this fits within our current events episode. Uh, Aunt Jemima, or the the now complete erasing of a company that was founded by a black woman, has now been. Do you know what their new name is? Something Mills Original Pearl Pearl Milling Company. So, I think we touched on this before when everything happened uh, that went down. Or you know, last year, uh, the the two biggest companies that got um, criticized for how they were branded and what they held was uh, Uncle Ben's and Aunt Jemima. For those of you who don't know, if you if you lean on the right, you have no idea what's wrong with those names. If you lean on the left, maybe you've read a lot and you believe that the brands were created by the KKK and they're super racist. Aunt Jemima. The company was started by a black woman. She was very successful. She's one of the first black female millionaires in the country. She built that company from scratch. She did very well. It is a triumph success story. Why is the name Aunt Jemima or Uncle Ben racist? Well, to make it as easy as possible, um, racists in the South and Jim Crow and all that that happened around that time and before, um, it, it's basically you. the white supremacists did not refer to blacks as sir and madam. So they referred to them as aunt and uncle. It's a, you know, diminutive, derogatory thing. So for branding and marketing, you can't put uh, Mrs. Jemima's uh, 
you know, maple syrup because, you know, oh, she's black. She can't be Mrs. We already have Mrs. Butterworth. I don't know if Mrs. Butterworth was around back then. I'm just just purposes of the story. Um, Aunt and uncle. Racist. Fine. Got it. What Uncle Ben's did was they said, we understand the origin. We understand the problematic with the branding. We are changing the name to Ben's original and everything else is staying the same to preserve the heritage and preserve the fact that the spokesperson is a black man. Good on you. Aunt Jemima's first step was to remove the picture of the black woman and just leave the name. Which was basically got everybody to go. The, the spokesperson was not the problem. It was the name. To which then the company went, oh, the name's the problem. Okay, we'll change it to Pearl Milling Company and erase the fact that this company was ever founded by a black woman. You took it a little too far and you missed the fucking point. I don't know enough about this to talk on (laughs) it and the history of the company. So I'm not going to say anything because I don't have the research to say anything about that. Um, All right. I got one more local one that I hope doesn't fire you up for too long. You want to talk about Andy Cuomo and his book and the recent stuff that's come out against him to the point that some of our Democratic Uh, representatives locally in New York State are now looking to remove his emergency powers. Do you think he could be impeached? Do you think the uh, Cuomo uh, it's not a gang, mob? Mafia? Is actually going to finally crumble? I would love nothing more than to get the roided out jock Chris off of TV because his dumb face uh, just sort of pisses me off every time it pops up i don't know i don't know but uh turns out cuomo might have abused some of those emergency powers and uh doesn't deserve them so oh you don't think we're still what it's been almost a year and we're still in a state of fucking emergency we talked about the racist red zoning in rochester controlled by governor cuomo Mm-hmm. So you had that. You have the targeting of Jews in New York City. Yeah. Um, and now you have the confirmed cover-up of the deaths of seniors in nursing home facilities. Yeah, it was time for. Uh, it, it's time for him to go. I. The best. The best thing I've seen in the last week was someone flipping out over like everything that came out this week regarding him and saying, how the fuck could you have given this man an Emmy? And the response was he, he put on such a great performance. Of course he would win an acting award. The dude wrote a book about solving COVID during a middle of a pandemic that wasn't even at its peak in the state. So does that three months after (laughs) he wrote the book, 
does that fall kind of in line with OJ writing if I did it? <laughs> Maybe. Well, actually, no. That would be like if in the middle of the trial, OJ wrote a book that was uh, like, here's the tragedy that happened to me and how I overcame it. He wrote a book in the middle of the trial called How to Get Away with the Murder of Your Wife. Yeah, it it by it's time for Cuomo to lose his emergency powers and all that. Hey, come take a seat at the campfire. You're not the only one who joins. I've got friends that come over sometimes too. We talk about a ton of interesting things from geek culture. Then we cover some conspiracies or philosophical thoughts or monsters, you know, we talked about Bigfoot in one episode. It's a lot of fun, so come join me at the campfire chats. A DFAT entertainment podcast hosted on Spotify and other fine places you find podcasts. So, impeachment 2.0, the re-impeachmenting. <sighs> the political theater waste of everyone's time bullshit? I disagree. I do disagree. I think... Multiple times, Trump did encourage what happened on the 6th, especially denying that he would accept the results and stuff like that. And I think there's enough evidence for impeachment. Um, Where my questioning comes in is whether the Senate trial is valid right now. Um, And I think I've come to the result that I believe... It is valid. Um, Even though there's no office to remove him from, you can bar him from holding future office. And I had to think about it this way. And I won't pick Joe Biden because the man will be uh, crypt creeper age by the time the next election happens. If he were to lose and then run in the election after that, he'd be a walking zombie by that point. Impossible. Let's pick uh, Pete Buttigieg. He, he's on the cabinet, so he can be impeached because it's a position that is impeachable. Let's say it comes out that Pete Buttigieg did something absolutely horrendous during his time as a cabinet member uh, for Biden. I, I don't know what. Uh, killed some kids. I don't know. Sorry, sure. Pete. It's really nothing against you. I'm just picking someone who's younger, and this, is, this example actually makes sense with. Um, I don't know. Doug did something horrible. He steps down from the cabinet and then ends up announcing that he's running for president. Uh, during his time as, uh, on the cabinet, he was impeachable. And one of the punishments for impeachment is you can't hold office again. Uh, even if it were Democrats in charge of the House and Senate, This may be a horrible example to get to it. I would want to see this man impeached so he could not hold office because what he did was impeachable, especially if he was impeached by the House while he still held the position that was impeachable. So I don't think it's political theater, but I still question whether or not the Senate trial is fully. So we completely disagree on this point. And I'm going to throw this thought exercise at you. Do you think it's valid to um, c- to convict or to put someone on trial for a crime that they cannot be convicted for for the sole purpose of preventing them from being able to vote in the future? 
No, but I don't think that's a comparable example. I think it is because an impeachment trial per the constitution is to remove someone from office and with removing them from office, they are also barred from holding future office. He is no longer in public office. You cannot remove him from office, but the argument is, but we're going to prevent him from holding future office. It's no different than saying, look, this person committed a crime, but the statute of limitations is up. But if convicted, they wouldn't be allowed to vote in the future. So we are going to hold the trial and convict them of a crime. We can't send them to jail because statute of limitations, but we can prevent them from being able to vote in the future. Let's not bring statues of limitations in this because that's a whole nother debate in my opinion. Um, but the argument is still valid. You can't, you can't punish him for the intent of the conviction. So you're going after, I mean, first off, the way it's written, it's not you, an impeachment removes someone from office, is to remove someone from office or bar them from future office. It's remove them from office and bar them from future office. He's not in office. You can't remove him from anything. Also, he's a private citizen. If you're going to try him in a court, try him in a court. That's why we have a whole judiciary. I think the whole thing's a sham, and I think it's unconstitutional. And by the sheer fact that the Constitution says that if you are holding an impeachment trial against the President of the United States, the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court has to preside. It's not a recommendation. It's the has to and the fact that the chief justice is not presiding over this trial and the argument is well he's not the president of the united states well then what the fuck are you impeaching him of because if you're impeaching him from holding the office of the president of the united states in the future through that twisted logic then still the chief justice would need to preside i will say neither of us are constitutional lawyers so this is our best uh um opinion uh i don't know but this opens up the mcconnell rules again you know oh it's too close to an election to do something we can't nominate a supreme court judge this close to an election unless it's our supreme court judge then we'll rush her through we we can get her in he was impeached by the house while he was still president mcconnell could have reconvened the senate to hold the trial and decided not to. So in that case, it's this loophole. So I don't disagree with the impeachment. I think where I guess I disagree is he's not going to get impeached by the Senate. There's no way they're going to have the vote. Um, so it is a bit of show theater at this point. Right. I, and, and I, will, I will touch on that in a second, but just um, common ground. I will concede that the impeachment could theoretically be allowed to continue after Trump is out of office on the basis of he was impeached in the house. Unfortunately, he left office before impeachment was allowed to take place under those guidelines An impeachment trial could still happen. It's just the, 
if he was convicted, the removing from office would be redundant because he has already left office. But exactly. because but because the impeachment happened while he was still in office, I will concede that the impeachment trial could technically happen after he left office. My problem with what's going on today is that no one decided to use that logic. Yeah, and I would say if the House let's say this wasn't with the Senate, it was still with the House, they were voting on impeachment. I would say the impeachment's totally unconstitutional because he's completely out of office at this point. Right. I think where my grounding comes from is he was impeached by the House while he was still in office. This is the secondary part of the trial that has to happen. If they I try, will accept that. So that's where I'm coming from. I will uh, accept that. I, I thought it was very funny. I watched at least some of the opening arguments, and I caught a lot of Trump's lawyers. And their argument was pretty much like, yeah, our guy committed a crime. There's a DOJ. You should arrest Donald Trump. Like, their argument wasn't that, yeah, no, he's completely innocent. It's like, he committed a crime, but you can't impeach him. Just arrest him. And I don't know if you caught any of Caster's, like, first day stuff. But he was doing freeform poetry like Benjamin Franklin, my father, I'm from Philadelphia, so I can call him my father because he's the father of Philadelphia. And I'm like, what is this guy trying to say? I haven't, I will say, I have not watched or paid attention to any second of the impeachment proceedings because I am not a sadomasochist like some other people and have. You no just desire. have to watch Caster's stuff from day one because, like, there was no logical argument there. There was a train, it was like us with the podcast. It was someone who wasn't prepared that had to speak for two hours and got up there and spoke for two hours. Where he's like, shit, I did not prepare for this assignment. <laughs> I mean, my biggest problem with the impeachment trial, aside from the fact that everything they are doing uh, around it is wrong, um, is the fact that it is, inc- it is it is very clearly theater. It is it is 100. I'm, I'm sorry, but it is you cannot convince me otherwise that it has an actual purpose and that they and that the people running it actually believe that they are going to accomplish something with the fact that before the impeachment trial ever happened, they held a vote on to whether the impeachment trial was constitutional or not. And it went, uh, what was it? 54, 54, 55. I think it was 54, 46. Yeah. Right then and there, there's no point to hold the trial because I'm sorry but you need you need a two-thirds majority to convict on an impeachment. And when you have 46 people who don't think the trial could happen in the first place, do you really think that there is going to be enough evidence to sway them to then vote to convict? They don't think the trial should happen at all. So I mean this, but see, this is this is why we have in in the actual legal system, because what's happening in the house and the Senate is just a sham in the actual well, the fact system, jurors can meet with the lawyers. It, right. Uh, yeah. You, 
in, in the actual legal system, you have a grand jury. The grand jury decides whether there is enough evidence to go to trial or if the trial or the charges are constitutional or merit an actual case. That is essentially what happened with the vote. If the majority or whatever is required to convict says, no, this doesn't work, you're just, you're wasting everybody's time. And it's, I mean, it's a joke on all sides. No, I mean, the prosecution is a joke. The defense is a joke. It's everybody just padding their political careers, getting their 15 minutes of fame, wasting our time so we don't realize that they still haven't sent out a fucking stimulus check that was supposed to come out day one. We'll get to that. All right, that's in the Biden administration. That's in the Biden administration. All right, so I guess this will be my final point. I think there's a lot going on with this impeachment. It's going to be one for the history books and the law books. Um, I'm going to give it less than a 1% chance that Trump's actually impeached. Like, the Senate votes for it. I think McConnell hates Trump, and I don't know if McConnell's the party leader he once was and has the sway he did, but I question whether or not there's still an ability there that McConnell might swing enough people to just have the GOP be done with Trump. I think it's rare, but maybe? If Here's the problem. If McConnell convinces the GOP or convinces enough of of the... um, Republican senators to convict, it will be the death of the Republican Party. The Republican Party will split 100%. Which is interesting. I heard there's some Republicans already considering splitting the party because of the support for Trump. Yes. I don't well, know. How there's, much... there's talk about forming, um, what is it, the Patriot Party? Well, now there's talk of from the other side about letting Trump take over <laughs> the existing GOP. And splitting and creating a more moderate branch of the Republican Party. I mean, we've talked about this before. I believe both parties are uh, foobard, and I believe both parties need to split, and we need to be a four-party yeah. system. Because the problem with having a two-party system is it's an illusion. We don't anybody that thinks we have a two-party system in this country isn't paying attention. We have a one-party system in this country it's just we have actors on both sides keeping you pitted against your neighbor so that you think that you actually have a voice when in reality we have a uniparty system that's masquerading as a two-party system yeah we should have a four-party system because in a four-party system the radical fringes have a label the problem with the two-party system is the batshit crazy left-winger communists get to hide under the D and the batshit crazy right-wing extremists get to hide under the R. In reality, Democrats and Republicans should be uh, moderates and centrists and you should have your your left-wingers get to have whatever title they want. Socialist, communist, it's all the same, same shit, just a different name. And the right wingers can have their, uh, you know, uh, you know, loyal sons of Trump or right, whatever, whatever they want to. Yes, God's army, his manly pecs <laughs> under uh, his eye. Yes, under his uh, eye. Uh, but that's, you know, I mean, 
to be honest, there are a lot of our so people, you know, there are a lot of disenfranchised Republicans. And whether they're Trump supporters or not, you know, everybody has their own reasons for getting disenfranchised with their party. And I've heard a lot of talk from people who are like, no, no, you can't you can't split the Republican Party because then it'll lead to 100 years of Democratic rule and blah, blah, blah. And we'll never survive and we'll never get it back. Uh, those were the arguments that came from the formation of the Republican Party. The Republican Party formed out of the Whig Party. And the argument was you can't split the Whig Party because then the Democrats will get control and the Republicans formed off of the Whigs because the Whigs wanted to support slavery and you had a sect of them that didn't. And lo and behold, it didn't destroy the country. Eventually, the Whigs disappeared and the, they got absorbed into the Democrats and the Republicans at the time were moderates and centrists and they stole from the Democratic Party. And, you know, this this beast that we call America likes a two party system because you need push and pull. So yeah. a splitting, I would hope that a Republican party split would fuel a Democrat party split. But in reality, what would most likely happen if the Republican party splits is it'll split and one of the halves will die and the cycle will continue. All right. Any other final thoughts on impeachment? I think I really covered my main points on it. Um, my biggest, the last thing I want to just bring up about impeachment is if you the, oh God, how do I want to say this? Um, the whole impeachment of Trump to prevent him from getting into office in the future, that mindset is small-minded and short-sighted because the only way that works is if you truly believe that the Democratic Party will stay in power until the end of time and will never eat its own. The only because... way that works is if Matt Gates isn't going to step up to be the new Donald Trump. <laughs> I mean, because here's what happens. If they and here's the another reason why the Senate should not convict uh, Donald Trump. If they do, you are going to have a hundred years of Congress and the Senate impeaching political opposition to prevent them from holding office. And you are essentially going to have. Uh, authoritarian regime basically masquerading as democracy and you are going to have something akin to Russia just a little bit more sophisticated instead of killing or jailing the political dissidents you're just going to have oh you've been impeached you cannot run for president oh you've been impeached you can't run for city council oh you've been impeached you can't run for this I mean, the problem with the language, and we talked about this when we were going over the Constitution and the amendments, the language of impeachment is too vague. So you could literally impeach someone for almost anything. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I disagree with you, but that's because I'm coming from the viewpoint that the House impeachment has to happen while you still hold office. I think the Senate part could exist outside of that if the House impeaches you. 
the view that's being presented is that in the future impeachments will just happen post uh remove at leaving office if we don't like you but i th- think a house impeachment that existed after the person left office would be completely unconstitutional agreed so but the the fear of you know the the effects of this impeachment like yes and i agree with you you know the one safeguard is uh if they hold true to the belief that the house can only impeach while the person holds office but that doesn't stop the house from impeaching a governor or i mean every almost every single person before trump that ran for office ran for president held some political office i mean senators and congressmen run for president all the time so let's say you have i mean all i'm saying is the biggest problem with the whole impeachment trial is that it doesn't take into account an opposition party controlling all three branches of government again and i say opposition party because it doesn't necessarily mean Republicans. The Republican Party may not exist the next time, you know, Democrats are not in power. And the problem is this type of bullshit, you know, chicanery is going to lead. I mean, we talked about this before. We talked about this before the election that, you know, we did our um, Star Wars political conversation. We talked about, you know, what happens after after the fall of the empire and how it gave rise to the first order first order like if if you pull this type of bullshit here at this stage you are setting the building blocks for the something worse to come about i mean i know it's 2021 and we could not fathom this coming to fruition but if this whole process and everything that's happened in 2020 and what's happening currently this year goes unchecked, we are going to get to a point in our lifetime, Jake, you're mine. We're relatively young (laughs) where we're going to look back on our life and go, Holy fuck. You know, Trump wasn't really that bad. Remember when we thought that, you know, January 6th, 2021. Remember, we'll laugh about it. Remember when we, how bad we thought that? Remember, remember that? Yeah, yeah. When they nuked the Capitol, you know, that was bad. I wish we could go back to the days of 2021. I would take President Trump again. And and before you say, you know, that would never happen, uh, I'd like to remind everybody that, uh, said uh, George W. Bush was the worst person in the world and uh, should never be president. A lot of those people right now are going, I really wish we could have Bush as president again, because that's, I would take Bush. Yeah, I wasn't going to say that would never happen. I was going to say that's too dark. Let's move on to the next topic (laughs) and say, welcome, everybody, to the Biden administration. All right. I got I just I just want to start with this because I just got to get this off my chest. I have not been 
a Biden supporter. I think I've been pretty clear about that. Uh, I don't change my stance. I'm still not a supporter. He's a geriatric, uh, dementia-ridden sniffer who should never have been nominated in the first place. And I think there are a dozen other people who should have been uh, nominated ahead of him and Kamala Harris uh, 100%. My biggest problem with the Biden administration is I don't care about the policies or anything like that or anything that's happened. My biggest frustration with everything that's happened since he's taken office is that the level of hypocrisy has become unbearable for me. I can see where that's coming from. Everything that Trump did that was bad is now fine because Biden was doing it. Um, I you can't. Say- you, if you rule by executive order, you are a dictator. How many executive orders did he do in his first week? A lot. A lot. <laughs> um, I'll say this. I think when it comes to Biden, we'll probably agree and disagree uh, relatively equally about stuff. Um, I'm not a Biden supporter. I think Bernie got screwed again. Bernie and his mittens and his envelope should totally be sitting behind the uh, <laughs> resolute desk making decisions. Um, but, so, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Biden. I'm so a I think Tulsi Gabbard all the way. I, I've got. Th- uh, um, yeah, she she's something. Um, I got three topics I think I want to talk about with Biden today, and then we'll probably end up bringing up Biden through some of our historical views, uh, his political philosophy podcast in the future. Um, first, let's talk about GameStop stock really quick. Yeah. Uh, that craziness where a stock that totally was not worth it skyrocketed up to over $500 and now I think is sitting around $50 um, because some short sellers were going to screw over GameStop to make billions of dollars uh reddit found out about it started buying up the stock to screw over the short sellers and then robin hood fucked over the short sellers by like suspending their accounts to be able to trade gamestop and it comes out that like janet yellen who's the finance person um spoke at some event that is a huge investor in Robin Hood and also owned a bunch of Citadel Citadel. Yeah. And then also was short selling game. It gets really confusing, but man, does that seem like government interference interference to fuck with an already broken stock market? Yeah. And so I was actually personally affected by the whole Robin Hood screw over because I was investing uh, in Robin Hood, and I'm not going to get into what happened with me, but some shady shit went down, and they completely fucked over my account. Um, but I think what happened with the the games the GameStop stock, which is a mouthful to say, um, I think it was beautiful. It was brilliant. Um, and then the powers that be realized what was happening and manipulated the market to stop ordinary people from 
basically correcting what they perceived as a wrong in the market. Now, the biggest issue with the whole, how everything went down is the fact that what a bunch of, they call retail investors um, were doing, they said was manipulating the market when, I mean, isn't that what short sellers do? It's what they short manipulate I mean, the market. Yeah. And here's the thing. What, what uh, the Reddit community did is not new. It's called a short squeeze and uh, hedge funds do it to each other all the time. Um, and to the response of, Oh, well they didn't really do anything because, you know, you can hold on to a short indefinitely. Um, that's, financially illiterate people not understanding exactly how a short operates you have to pay a percentage of the price that you're holding so if the price goes up you're no longer covered and you have to put more money down the the problem comes in where if you um if the price i mean this is how short how a short squeeze works. You drive the price up high enough that the person holding that short either sells it just to get out and try and recoup their losses in a, on a different stock, or they have to sell their entire portfolio to pay to cover the short. It's a gamble. And the whole, I, I see what happened with GameStop as pretty much the, convergence of two completely different generations when it comes to investing you have the old generation that is like you know stocks are um a you know it's it's an intrinsic value of what the business is and the stock price should only reflect the value of the company the problem is our generation, a lot of people in our generation's first um, foray or first exposure to any type of investing was cryptocurrency, which has in the 2008 crash. Right. And the 2008 crash, which told us that the stock market was bullshit. Um, but cryptocurrencies have no have no value. They are incredibly volatile. And the value is purely based off of how many people buy it and how many people hold it. So when all of these institutions were like, we don't understand why all these people are, are buying, you know, GameStop, it's not worth anything. It's called a pump and dump. Like we've been doing this for years. We're like, this is what we do. We don't care that the company, you know, doesn't have, uh, you know, a viable market strategy. Uh, we value the stock and we're going to put an intrinsic value on it. And the fact that, you know, I mean, the big thing, Robin hood, they came out and they're like, you know, we're doing this to protect people because we don't think they understand volatility of the market. No, we know exactly what we're doing. We're, we're doing this on purpose. Like no, you're protecting the big investors. Right. Because I heard Robin hood had to have a ton of money dumped in it. Cause it was literally, literally on the brink of shutting down anyways. Yeah. So, and, you know, we're not going to talk about the fact that Citadel accounts for about, I think, the last, the estimate when everything was going down was like they account for like 50 to 60 percent of all trades that happen on Robinhood. Yeah. So. 
let's just say for a future date, money is fake and this proved it yeah. so hard. So hard did this prove that money is completely false. And uh, it's kind of disappointing that literally one of the first major non-political things that happened during the Biden administration was just uh, royally mishandled by pretty much everybody involved in the Biden administration. Yeah. Go- going to Yeldon, who should have just simply been like, look, I've had a past, you know, there's no, there's no shame in what I've done in the past, but with this issue, I'm just going to take a step back and, you know, let those who are not so fucking compromised <laughs> handle it. Well, let me say that I said we have three topics. We've gotten through one. I'm going to save the third one, which is another shitting on Yellen for <laughs> after the second one. But for how more on money is fake, uh, I just recently finished Yuval Noah Harari Sapiens. So it's a recommended read. Uh, he talks about human history and a little bit in there. He talks about how money is fake. Um, it was really good philosophical and history book. Um, all right. Number two, which is something you brought up. Uh, the fact that Biden is ruling by executive order when he controls both the House and the Senate and could pass some goddamn laws. Ugh. I mean, there's nothing really more I have to say on that other than why are you not using the House and Senate? The next president can overwrite executive orders. Half of what you're doing is overwriting executive orders with executive orders. This isn't ruling anymore. Right. It's uh, it's twofold. Um, one, there's a good chance he doesn't remember that Congress and the Senate exists. So we'll chalk. It could it could just be the 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 Alzheimer's. Um, the the other side is, I mean, right or wrong, this whole executive order thing started under Obama, and it was because. He uh, he lost the House and the Senate. McConnell's a shithead. Yep. And Obama found a loophole. Because of that, it set up Trump to be like, oh, good. Executive orders. I like those. I can sign my name as many times as I want. What we should have had was a reset back to normalcy because the problem. But we got Trump. <laughs> if No, I meant with with Biden should have been the reset to normalcy. And and instead, he's just doing the same shit. And it just, it leads to this bullshit game of left versus right. And instead of having to actually pass laws that have consequences and actual meaning, it's just, if it doesn't get in check, it's going to be the first hundred days of a president's term are going to be him signing a hundred executive orders to overturn the, the thousands of executive orders the previous president did. I think at this point where we need to get to as a country is to start limiting the power of the executive branch. I think it's, I think the biggest problem with our country is the executive branch has a ton of power that was never used so it was always a position that had lofty, like, I mean, the problem was 
they pretty much gave all the power in the world to Washington and Washington was too good of a person was just like, you know what? I don't need it. I'm good. And for a time you had presidents who were like, well, Washington only served two terms. I'm only going to serve two terms. And then FDR was like, fuck that. It's not written down. I'm going to go until I die. And then Congress went, oh, fuck. We didn't think that one through. Amendment. And I think now we're in the phase where we're actually realizing that the executive branch might have too much, too much power. The executive, the president was supposed to be the commander in chief of the military and focus on foreign affairs. Congress and the Senate focus domestically. I would be completely fine with stripping the president of almost any and all domestic policy ability like the president domestically should be a figurehead and should focus on foreign policy and the military and anything domestic should be handled by congress and the senate because they represent actual people voted by the people but that means congress would have to do something and they're not up for that no which is why we need term limits all right my final topic for the night. We've covered a lot, so I don't know if you'll have something after this, but you already brought this up. Where's our goddamn checks, Joe? And <laughs> not 14,000 or 1,400, sorry. You promised us $2,000, not 1,400 on top of the 600 we already got. Other more liberal countries are giving monthly checks to people to account for all the shit that's happened this past year. You promised it to us. You said we win Georgia. We get our checks. We don't got they them won. yet. And then on top of that, Janet Yellen's out there saying that if you make over 60000 a year, we should start stripping you of some of that money when it was, I think, 100000 under Trump with the first round of checks. Janet Yellen, who made $7 million from just speaking occasions over the past two years. I did the math on that. That's like a, a little over $1,000 an hour if you work a regular 40-hour work week. Don't give us this shit, Joe. You promise something. Fulfill your commitment. You got the House and Senate. Get shit done. How sad is it that in one month of his presidency... He managed to make Trump look good on something. It's like, bad. That's it's so bad. Bad. I mean, Congress really fucked up with this whole stimulus check. I mean, it was. It was I a knew win. we were we were heading for a disaster when Trump said, "Look, you know what? When when Trump went, fuck it, strip everything out, send me a standalone bill for two thousand bucks. I'll sign it. Fuck off, and then we'll work on everything else." And then Congress. The GOP Congress... could have kept Georgia. They would have won Georgia back. Or yeah. at least they wouldn't have lost both seats. Right. They could have at least won one. And But everybody fucked around. And and it was... it was Because Trump... Under Trump, it was $2,000. It was up to a $1,000... Up to $100,000 income. After 100000 it removes... The, the check goes down and it 
goes out to zero, I think, at 150,000? Something like per that. Per, something like that. And now they're coming out. And it, well, first it was, well, we, we meant we meant we're going to we're going to make you whole to 2000 and then they drop it to 50,000 per person income like i i'm sorry but i i didn't know 50,000 was rich rich yeah i mean in <laughs> in places well, like LA and New York City you can't afford a studio apartment that's 3 square feet on $50,000. We're all hurting. Do what's right for your goddamn people, Joe. I mean, to me, it ju- it's just a huge, like, slap in the face. I mean, it was, you know, where, I mean, this goes back to the, my biggest frustration with this administration is it's been uh, just hypocrisy and lies, like, is what it feels like. Whether it is or it's not, you know, don't hate me that's we're going to give you a two thousand dollar stimulus check day one and we're going to look into doing it every month he wins yeah we're kidding we're going to give you 1600 and we're only going to give it to people earning fifty thousand or less let let me just point something out okay of why that is fucking stupid most there there are millionaires who don't take a paycheck or don't have actualized income over 50,000 okay i have a family member who is basically retired he has a net worth of a couple million dollars he never has to work again in his life he draws a paycheck from you know being on you know director boards okay it's pretty much what he earns in a year from income is like ten thousand dollars a year because you know he's basically retired so he's not drawing an income but yet his net he's living off of his net worth and all of his money in the bank he would get a stimulus check before someone who's working two jobs and has three kids whose wife is unemployed, whose kids aren't in school, you know, who has to work second shift because of COVID. Like that's, that's the bullshit part. Like they're, they're trying to say, Oh no, we're trying to prevent, you know, the, the wealthy from getting checks that they don't need. No, you're going to be giving checks to the wealthy. I mean, I mean, even someone like Jeff Bezos, I don't know how he does his taxes, but when you own a company, you can put the company's losses as your income. So, yeah, he took a two million dollar, you know, bonus at the end of the year. But if Amazon lost 60 million, his net income for the year would be a loss. And guess what? Bezos is going to get a stimulus check before you. Yeah, I mean. It's shit. Keep your promises, Joe. We covered a lot, and that's all I got at this point today. 
I think I think we can call that a wrap. This has been the uh, current events episode. Uh, we'll be back with our regular scheduled programming of uh, nonsensical uh, political philosophy uh, later. But yeah, I think I think we covered. I think we covered enough. I think we yeah. did. The nice the, the cream you. cream cream ale was. Uh, what was the cream cream ale bomb was a good uh, was a good start i think it uh, was very fitting yeah i'm on cream ale number three and this is starting to go through me at this point <laughs> so it's been fun meeting you at the tavern again it has to all of our listeners stay safe drink responsibly and uh, we'll see you next time at the tavern this week's podcast is